When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Josh Ennis Show. Howdy, everybody, and welcome in. Josh Ennis Show Monday. Recording this at about uh, 9.20-ish. Again, my goal is to get two or three of these out a day. Some days it happens, some days it doesn't. Probably talk with Jilly later today. Uh, obviously, there was, uh, you know, I guess you could call it big news out of Houston with Easterby getting whacked and Astros getting ready for the LCS. So if you're a uh, uh, Houston person, I think maybe later might be beneficial to you uh, because honestly, nothing Houston related happened yesterday. It wasn't really a big Houston day, but uh, glad you're with us here on the uh, the pod. Big uh, football day, big football weekend. Can I tell you something that really annoyed the shit out of me this weekend? And I got other shit to get into. This isn't going to be the only thing, but so I'm watching Florida and LSU and like, I like Tom Petty. Let's start there. I like Tom Petty. I have to play a shitload of Tom Petty. Although I don't play nearly as much Tom Petty as I used to. Like, when I got here doing rock radio, it was nothing but Tom Petty. Like, every other song. Now we play, like, I Won't Back Down and, and, and a couple others, Free Fallen. But we played a lot of Tom Petty when I got here. Like, we were going kind of deeper into it. Played a lot of You Don't Know How It Feels and You're So Bad and You Wreck Me, Baby. A lot of 90s Tom Petty, Refugee. We played a bunch of it. Now we don't do that as much. Like, we don't play as much Tom Petty, but Tom Petty kind of kicks ass. Well, Tom Petty apparently is from Gainesville, Florida, and it was uh, Tom Petty Day at the Florida game on Saturday when LSU played there. Okay, fine. That's I get it. And they do a very cool thing where in unison they all sing I Won't Back Down between the third and fourth quarter, which is a very cool thing. Not too many stadiums sound that good in unison singing a song. It's really cool. The problem I had is that the whole damn broadcast was about this Tom Petty day at the Florida game. Did you guys know that Tom Petty's from here? And then this dickhead. Uh, let me t- Oh, my God. Can I tell you, I just really, really, really dislike Joe Tessitore. He's just bad, and he talks too much, and he doesn't know how to let a moment be a moment, and he's hokey, and I really despise him. During the game, he kept making references to Tom Petty, which is fine. He tried the Tom Petty pun game. He's trying to work in puns. The problem is he only did one pun, one song, and that song was I Won't Back Down. And I think the Eagles people sang I Won't Back Down last night at the game, and it sounded cool. I mean, it's a great song. But all he could do pun-wise was work in I Won't Back Down. So it's not like he went to all the, the, the Tom Petty hits and tried to get clever with it. 
And there's a ton of them. Like, there was a point in the game where some Jamoke jumped over another Jamoke. You know what he could have said? Man, he's learning to fly. Tom Petty pun. And I would accept that Tom Petty pun because it's different than the fucking, uh, the, 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 the won't back down pun. You're so bad. Boy, Florida's lost their third game on the year. I, let me tell you something. They're free-falling, guys. See, that would work. But every time they made a play, it was just, I won't back down. Florida comes out third, uh, uh, you know, the fourth quarter, down by 21. They bust a big touchdown run to cut it to 14. Oh, my God, they won't back down. There's so many. You know, it could have been a situation where, you know, LSU was in trouble. You know, LSU was about to have to give the ball up at one point in the game, and you know what happened? They uh, got a, I think there was a roughing the pass or something that extended a drive or a pass interference. You know what you could have said there? You got lucky, babe. You got lucky, babe. But you know what? They didn't do that because they're not clever. All they kept going back to was, I won't back down. So many Tom Petty songs. Into the great, oh my God, that's an easy one. When the guy busts the 80-yard run, he's into the great wide open. God, that would have worked perfectly. Or like breakdown. Breakdown. Like when they show a shot of the coach yelling at the, uh, I forgot, there was a shot at one point of somebody yelling at like a ref or something. My God, he's in the middle of a, a breakdown. Go ahead and give it to him. God, there's so many. Or it could have been a situation. Like, there's so many. You could have had, like, a, a a call overturned on the field. Oh, there's Brian Kelly saying, don't do me like that. It's easy. Or they're waiting for the results of a call uh, on a challenge. You know, the waiting is the hardest part. Boom. Guy busts a big run. Oh, my God, he's running down a dream. Oh, anything. All of those things would have been acceptable. But all they had was the damn uh, won't back down puns. I'm not a big fan of puns anyway. Puns are very hacky. And if you're going to do puns, you have to make sure you let everybody know that you know you're being hacky. It's kind of like, you know, like with a wink and a nod. You got to say, yep, I know I'm being hacky, so I accept it. Oh, boy, I guess he, uh, I guess he's running down a dream, wink, wink. So you got to do that. You got to let people know that you know you're being hacky. But every play, they won't back down here. Who was doing the game with Greg McElroy? That's just doof. Oh, my. Let me tell you something, Greg. They won't back down. They won't back down, Greg. Just give me something. You wreck me. You're so bad. The waiting is the anything. And that really annoyed me. But at least LSU kicked their ass. And that's a positive. Now we're going to the we're going to the championship. It's pretty obvious. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasts platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com uh also so there's a bunch of stuff i need to get into throughout these pods today um i mean i watched the tennessee over the weekend it was great and i enjoyed watching them win i also find it comical that their athletic department sent out a message to everybody on twitter to let them know that they can donate to help pay for new goalposts, which might possibly be the most pathetic thing an athletic department's ever done 
Hey, guys, listen, I know that we encouraged you guys to get wild and celebrate this win, but now that you've done it, we need new goalposts for the game on Saturday. Can you donate money? And some schmucks have donated a combined $75,000 for that. I, I, These athletic departments have hundreds of millions of dollars. Did these guys actually technically go out and commit a crime? Sure, they ran on the field. They expected them to run on the field. They tore down the goalposts. Nobody stopped them from doing it. They grabbed the goalposts. They carried them out of the stadium, down the street, threw it in the river. Great moment. Fun, fun. The part that I think bothers me more than the dopey athletic department asking for money when they've got hundreds of millions of dollars and they pay coaches, like Tennessee at one point, all the money they're paying in buyouts and for coaches' salary, you mean to tell me you don't have $100,000 fucking dollars to put up some new goalposts? And then they put the onus on the day. Like the part that really annoyed me was their message when their message said something along the lines of, well, guys, we need goalposts to play a game on Saturday, so make sure you donate. But what bothers me more than them being schmucks asking for money when they've got hundreds of millions of dollars in their coffers, what bothers me more than that is the fact that people actually did it. And it's one thing if it's like big money boosters, like they go to Peyton and Peyton's like, fuck it, here's a hundred thou. Or hey, here's Kenny Chesney, here's a hundred thou. Or Dolly Parton says, hey, y'all, I'll just pay for it, whatever. But there's probably some schmuck-ass dudes that, you know, work a nine-to-fiver and they just love Tennessee and they're like, oh, hell, the athletic department asked me for some money. So here you go. Like, I, that part annoys me. And over 1,800 people have done that. And they've got over 75000 bucks last time I checked. I think the goal is one hundred fifty. But um, what a bunch of schmucks. These athletic departments, they don't have to pay the players, so they basically get slave labor if we're being technical. Are they slaves? No. But are they indentured servants? I think that's probably a more accurate depiction of what these guys are. They can go out and make some money, obviously, but they're not getting paid directly for their services. So you're not paying anything there. Oh, but we have to pay for education. Not really. They just go to the school. It's fine. All this, and you're going to come out here and be like, hey, guys, listen, I know you guys had a blast, and it was the best moment we've had in Tennessee football in 25 years. Could be a franchise-altering moment. We slayed the dragon. We beat Nick Saban. We did all this. What a moment. But listen, I'm going to really need you guys to pony up to help pay for the goalposts. And the, t- and the thing about the tweet is it was very condescending. Let me find the exact tweet for you because the tweet was super condescending. Let me see here. It was... Let's see. The exact quote from them was, uh, sorry, I was. I have to scroll back now because I got retweets with a, a fight with McDougal's that I'll explain here in a second. All right, here you go. Y'all remember how we tore down the goalpost, hauled them out of Neyland, and dumped them in the Tennessee River? Yeah, that was awesome. Anywho, turns out that in order to play next week's game, we need goalposts on our field. Could y'all help us out? I would tell them to fuck off. But evidently, people have not done that because they are now at $79,000, which is 52% of what they need. Also, an interesting thing here is, so they need their goalposts. There's 14 days remaining on this, yet I'm fairly certain that they play this weekend against Tennessee Martin. So obviously, somebody's buying those goalposts. You can donate $16 since it's been 16 seasons since the Vols beat Alabama. Or you can uh, give uh, $52.49 because that was the final score of this breathtaking game. Or $25 or $100 or $250 or $500 or $1,019.15, the capacity of the sold-out Neyland Stadium. And 2,056 people have donated. So what's that on average? So there's 2,056. So let's go just $79,000. $79,000. Okay, divided by, what did I say, 2,056 
Let me check one more time. By 2056. All right, let's see what that ends up being per person. $38. My ass wouldn't be giving no 38 fucking dollars to no college saying, hey, I, well, sorry we ruined your goalpost, Lieutenant Dan. And then, no, you, you encourage it. I saw a video of their athletic director, and they were they were filming him as the, the game was ending, and there's all these people rushing the field. Like, how, how much do you think you're going to have to pay for this? And he goes, hell, I don't care. I do it every year. Well, yeah, of course he doesn't care. They're trying to get these dopey kids to foot the bill and these dopey you know, fans to foot the bill. Of course he doesn't give a shit. Uh, but that game was awesome, wasn't it? Like I'm not like a Tennessee fan or anything. I live here. and the, the t- Here's the thing. The Tennessee people have never done anything to me, as my grandma would say pretty frequently. Hell, son, they never done nothing to me. They never did me dirty. Which my grandma's logic was always interesting when it came. Like My grandma was great. Because she would always say, all of a sudden, they never did me dirty. But like my dad, who my grandma loved, by the way, and my dad is not my grandma's son. I mean, like they are like they have not been related by marriage 25 years. But my grandma loved my dad. And I think it's because dad was always nice and gave her money and stuff. So how do you not like someone that gives you money? But grandma's logic on why she doesn't hate my dad is great. Because remember, my dad, you know, fucked around on my, wi- uh, my wife. That'd be- what a Pornhub search that is. Dad fucks around on, uh, with son's wife. And I've probably watched it. But anyway, so my dad, who obviously, you know, stepped out on my mom and she might have stepped out on him. The whole thing. But I remember one time asking my grandma, like, why don't you dislike dad? She goes, oh, hell, son. He didn't do me no. He didn't do me nothing. Shit, he, uh, shit, I can't just start disliking people because he and my daughter bust up. And so that's an interesting angle, especially because if, if you did cross my grandma, she would fuck your day up. Like, she would hate you forever. Like, there was no coming back from my grandma hating you, by the way. Like, we had this these family members. I know I'm kind of off subject here, but we had these family members. And we called her Aunt Linda. She was just large woman. She's got to be dead now. I'd imagine she is. This was 20-some-odd years ago. And I don't know how that she was related to my grandma. I think she was married to my grandma's nephew. So I guess we'd be sort of co- I'd be cousins by marriage, maybe. And we'd go over to their house when I lived with my grandma, and they lived in this house like there was in downtown Poplar Bluff that was, you know, it was falling apart. But we'd go to their house. And we would play cards or dice, but mostly cards. They had these different games my grandma would play. I really have no idea how to play them, but I would go and hang out with grandma. And they'd play cards all night. Then, ah, shit, son, we got to go. we get into grandma's car go home. But we would always go over there, and we'd play cards with these folks, with this morbidly obese woman who has to be dead, with her husband who has to be dead. And who knows, maybe their kids are dead, too. I don't know. But I'm fairly certain it was my grandma's nephew who was married to this woman. Anywho. So grandma would go to the house and they'd be all nice and they'd play cards and grandma would be all friendly. And then we'd be on the way home and she'd just like, I remember I'm like 10, 11, and she'd just start telling me about how shitty of people they are. She'd go, you know, son, they ain't no good. Damn government's out to get them anyway. They ain't no count. Everything they got's give to them. That's one of my grandma's favorite things. She used to say, son, everything they got's been give to them. You know, my grandma, who I'm fairly certain mooched off the government forever and used her government money to buy lottery tickets and, you know, evaded paying rent and everything else. My grandma, now, granted, my grandma worked. She, I mean, she wasn't a lazy person, to be clear about my grandma. I mean, she worked at the Army Corps of Engineers at the lake for a long time. And then she spent a lot of her later years cleaning people's houses, even though she was old. Like, grandma worked. I'm, she's not a lazy person. She worked. 
But it was funny because her whole angle was always, shit, son, it was just give to him. And my grandma's biggest thing, and I know I'm off topic here. I think you guys like when I go off topic. Now I sound like Trump. I go off topic. Maybe you like me going off topic. I don't know. It's amazing. Hey, what about Kanye? Kanye is buying parlor. Anyway, so my grandma apparently tried to sell my mom's old clarinet. My mom was in the marching band at Poplar Bluff High School, the Show Me Band. And they played big gigs at like Bush Stadium and at the Orange Bowl or whatever, Disney. So my mom uh, had a clarinet. And after she graduated, my grandma, I guess, sold it or attempted to sell it to, to Aunt Linda and Uncle Tillman. And apparently they never paid grandma for the clarinet. Therefore, my grandma believed that all of their financial hardships were caused by their lack of payment for that clarinet. So, like, I remember one time, like, their house was getting foreclosed on. Like, they were going to take their house. And we're sitting there. As I got older, I started to understand things a little bit more, you know. And I'm sitting there with my grandma. We'd be in her house. She'd be smoking a cigarette and we'd be playing Yahtzee or whatever. The interesting thing about living with someone who smokes is you don't realize you smell like shit. You're like, nah, I don't smell bad. I smell great. No, you smell like shit. But it was great because my grandma... Like, would sit there and she'd just start lecturing. She'd be like, Fox News would be on over here. She'd be sitting at this old, cheap-ass, like, dining room table sitting in these shitty plastic chairs. And we would sit there together. And she'd start explaining to me. She'd go, son, you know uh, that, that, that Linda's going to have her house taken away by the government. I said, oh, yeah, is that so, Grandma? Like, yeah. And I, I, I got it. And I, you know, I kind of got it, kind of didn't, you know. And she goes, well, son, let me tell you something. If they just would have paid for that damn clarinet, I don't believe any of this would have been an issue. And she rode that forever. Her belief was that if these people paid for that clarinet, all of their financial problems would have never been an issue. Like it was some sort of like, like my name is Earl level karma where they got screwed financially. Like every bad thing, every major calamity that occurred for that family occurred because they did not pay my grandma for a clarinet and she believed that like that was the thing about my grandma like again she would hold grudges if like like but she didn't she didn't bounce back like if she held a grudge she held a grudge but the people she held a grudge for versus the ones not like you would think she would hold a grudge against my grandpa who she was married to my grandpa fucked around on my grandma like there were times like grandma would like go find him just messing around with these other chicks right and they stayed together a while but then eventually got they got divorced now this is my grandpa that uh, ran the uh, illegal cockfighting rings in the backyard that i found out about a couple years ago and then eventually fought the nurses at his nursing home well grandpa cheated on grandma so i don't know what year they even got divorced i have no idea because when i was a kid they still lived together now think about that this guy fucked around on my grandma and they lived together after they got divorced. He would sleep in the laundry room. She would sleep upstairs. And they would commiserate downstairs. Bizarre. And she'd go pick up his stuff for him. Like she'd go to the, the quick stop and get his snuff. Fascinating, isn't it? But she would hold grudges. Like I, maybe that's where I, I think I get two major things from my grandma. Gambling, which is a problem. And, and, and just the... Um, the, the grudge holding. I think my mom holds grudges too. Like my dad doesn't. My dad's interesting because I think my dad's able to move on because the most important thing in my dad's life is my dad. 
See, I wish I had that ability. I wish I had the ability to look at myself and go, who gives a fuck what other people are doing? You do you. Like, I think my dad somewhat holds grudges, but it's not something that he lets dominate how he feels about things, if that makes sense. My, like me, it consumes me. My grandma, her grudges would consume her. My dad will tell you that he got fucked over here, fucked over there, and if someone pisses him off, he'll go off. But like he thinks about himself more often and what he's doing, which I admire, and I wish I had that ability. But anyway, all right, so I just went down a totally random rabbit hole there talking about my grandma. Let me get another pod in here. I gotta knock, I, I got to get out of here. I'm going to knock one out here in a little bit that's going to drop. Uh, about the Eagles and Philly fans and the Phillies and everything else. I'm going to get one of those out here in just a little bit, but I got to get moving. I did not mean to just ramble on for 20 minutes about my grandma, but I did. It happens. Whatever. All right. I love you guys, and uh, I'll see you.